Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast form. December the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is indeed our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot of work to do in America. Our goal to restore America, as you know, we do so via the checks and balances that made America great. We also do so by turning to God Almighty and repenting as a people. We also do so by reining in our bureaucrats and professional do-gooders. Well, they think they have power they don't have, and unless we stop them, they'll take that power. That's for sure. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing fantastic. We had Chris Carlson with us on Saturday, and we talked to about woe to them that are at ease in Zion. We talked about eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. We talked about this God is in charge syndrome where people believe there's nothing really they need to do. God's in charge. It's all good. Don't worry about it. God will take care of it. That's a lie, people. It's not a lie that God's in charge. All right. Who's really in charge? God's in charge without a doubt. But he depends on us, we the people, to defend our liberties. He depends on us, we the people, to obey him and live right. You know what? Uh, He says, uh, you know what? He will prove us herewith. So David Bednark gave a talk. He's an apostle with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We will prove them herewith, is what they say in the talk. And boy, howdy, is that what the Lord does to us for sure. This life is a test. Now is the time to prepare and prove ourselves willing and able to do all things whatsoever the Lord our God shall command us. That's critical to understand, folks. It's vital to understand, isn't it? There's two basic principles, ladies and gentlemen, that can strengthen us as we pray, as we face proving and trying circumstances in our lives. Whatever that one be, may be the principle of preparation and the principle of a steadfastness in Christ. We talked about the parable of the ten virgins. Remember, that was all the faithful, right? Just debating how faithful. It wasn't the unfaithful, right? And the parable of the ten virgins, you know, when the time for action started, the time for preparation was over. We talked uh, about a man by the name of Alvin R. Dyer, who gave an interesting statement. It's not what we do with all our hearts and with every splendid ounce of our strength that counts. So much as the things we do or that we've been doing every single day, whether we felt like it or not, the little things, that's what matters the most. We continued and talked about it can't happen here. Oh, is that a big lie? We talked about the Joel Skousen end-of-year review from worldaffairsbrief.com in quite detail. Very interesting takes from Joel Skousen. We talked about the Rolling Stone contributing editor by the game by the name of Matt Tybee. He released details about the censorship of Twitter. Yeah, Elon Musk referred to it as the Twitter files. Um, and I, you know what? I appreciate they released all this, and I think there's some damning truths there. The FBI literally met weekly with social platforms to decide how they were going to censor the news. 
They say we've uncovered a trove of discovery that show a massive censorship enterprise. Joe Biden literally asked Twitter to delete tweets before the election. They wanted him to be elected so badly. Anyway, we talked about that. You know what? And I appreciate a lot of the information that's coming out on this, but I don't trust Elon Musk. I don't trust Donald Trump. I don't trust any of these clowns. We finally talked about the Boston Celtics uh, who were not impressed with the royal family. There's a pretty interesting uh, article there. We played the sound bites about it, etc., where, um, you know, the coach and a player were both asked, you know what, you were playing in front of Royals. How did you feel about that? And they're like, just a game to me, is what the player said. But the coach said, you mean Joseph and Mary and Jesus were in the audience? And the reporter kind of laughed and went, no, I mean the Royal. He goes, I only know of one Royal family. Very interesting to make some points. And that's a recap of the broadcast that took place on Saturday. Part of the reason I recap that in front of Dr. Scott Bradley is I want him to pick out what he thinks is the most important to kind of highlight real quick. Dr. Bradley, welcome back, sir. What of all that do you think is worthy of a, a quick note? Well, it's all quite compelling and interesting and and actually worthy of comment. You said quick notes, so here's one. You know, I guess... Um, People oftentimes think they're trying God. You know, really, God's not on trial here. God's already proved himself. He doesn't have to, uh, um, you know, be kind of questioned and doubted, and and, uh, there doesn't have to be a, hmm, let's see how he handles this one. We've been given pretty steady counsel throughout all mortality. It's been uh, received and and, uh, basically... Um, it's been saved for us in the Holy Scriptures, and he's given us direction, and, and that's the way this nation was founded, was the people started looking for God's design for the best uh, community, the best society that could be among humanity, uh, with the idea that God loves us and he wants us to be happy. And so that's what they came up with. They found these God-given rights. They found stable, productive, um, safe, uh, predictable kind of outcomes coming through the scriptures. And so they tried to apply that. Well, now a lot of us are saying, well, let's see what God does with this one. Or, you know, I don't have to do anything because God's going to intervene. Well, we're the ones that have got to somehow demonstrate our character. Now, you say, well, even if you don't believe that that you're going to be judged on what you do, there's a there's an element there, um, uh, you know, fit, fitness training and performance and athletics and all that kind of stuff. You think about it, if if you sat there like a worthless slug all your life, you did very little if anything, uh, you know, your your vigor, health, strength, everything comes becomes kind of oh diminished. Let's put it that way, and and uh, the fact is that we prove our own character by the activities that we engage in, and, and as was said, the little things and the big things. I mean, you can't, you can't do all the little things and then commit adultery. That's not, a, <laughs> that's not a good plan, okay? You can't do the little things and then become a murderer or a thief or anything like that. But the fact of the matter is, yes, it's a, it's a composite of everything we do. And we're proving our character with every single decision, action we take. 
And um, I think we're proving to ourselves almost more than anything because God already knows our character. He knows you're a slime ball if you are. He knows you're a you know stellar c- character if you are. But I think the judgment will, will come right down to the fact that we will know that we fell short. We will know that we uh, did not exercise any character or a whole bunch of character when it comes down to it. And uh, I think we largely judge ourselves, and obviously the Savior's atonement uh, makes up for all of the the things that we do that fall short. I mean, obviously every single mortal person that's ever lived on this earth and reached the age of accountability where they're old enough to make a, a choice based upon their their own thought processes, every one of us have fallen short. And so, yes, we have a Savior. We absolutely do. And that's a magnificent, wonderful, sacred, and comforting thought. But the fact of the matter is, I think we will prove ourselves um, to ourselves. You'll say, well, I kind of lost it on that one, didn't I? My character didn't quite measure up on that one. And I think for us to say, oh, we'll just leave this to God, is he doesn't need us, we need him. And and we need to seek his guidance in how we carry out the work and will that he has set forth on the earth. So I think it's rather foolish for people to sit idly by, let the world crumble around them, figure, oh, God's going to sweep us up before anything gets really bad, and we're going to have this uh, joyous reunion with him. When what have you done to demonstrate your commitment to him, to commitment to his principles. And and that's kind of where it is. We're demonstrating that daily, every moment, in fact, in the actions we take, the thoughts we have, and uh, how we live our lives. And I think, again, like I say, we will see it in our own uh, tablet that's written on our own heart because uh, we will have lived it. And we'll have to say, whoops, or, okay, I feel pretty good about my performance, whatever. So, I, I don't know, that's one little thought about one little aspect. Amen to that. And about. a little more on that thought, though, because I think it's so critical. We need to trust God. We need to realize and recognize and understand and clearly articulate and spread the word. The author of our liberty is God Almighty. All right, you're not going to have liberty without God. I mean, our founding fathers said it so well, you know, hey, uh, the birds depend on God, and they, they acknowledge it. A sparrow, you know, hey, how can a nation rise without his aid? I'm, I'm trying to summarize. Uh, but the founding fathers understood that we cannot turn to the arm of flesh to man. We have got to turn to God and acknowledge him as the source of our liberty. And then we've got to be obedient to his commands if we expect him to bless us with these principles of liberty and with the ability to maintain liberty under his guidance. This is critical, and you know what? You will not save the nation without that. Anyway, that's my two cents. When we come back, in my opinion, Donald Trump has absolutely fallen off the turnip truck. I don't know what on earth he is thinking, but he's lost his cotton-picking mind. We'll talk about that in seconds. Liberty Roundtable Live.
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Dr. Scott Bradley with me, freedomsrisingsun.com. I'm telling you right now, Trump absolutely fell off the turnip truck, lost his mind. Now, I know people say, oh, you lose your cotton-picking mind. That's a racist statement, Sam. No, it isn't. <laughs> my forefathers in my lineage were white, and they picked cotton. And the point of it is it's mind-numbing. Okay? So let's not say it's a racist comment. The point is, it's so hot, so so back-breaking, so mind-numbing that you can literally lose your mind. That's what we're talking about here with the Donald. Uh, Donald Trump is being rebuked by everybody, including me, over the, uh, he wants to suspend, he wants to terminate the Constitution over the election results of 2020. He made the comment over the weekend on his, quote, truth social media platform. Uh, and he says this, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. That's what Trump wrote. Okay, I am telling you right now, he is off his mind, off his rock crazy the time when you need the constitution the most is in crises like this that's what it was built for in the easy times when people just obey the proper rule of government it's a smooth sailing it's in the critical crisis times that we need the supreme law of the land with its checks and balances the most and if trump can't understand that after he swore an oath to the supreme law of the land for the last what four years when he was in office 
I mean, I would never even consider him for president under any circumstances after a statement like that. Dr. Bradley, to you, sir. Well, he can't be trusted with power if he believes that. And the fact of the matter is um, people need to realize that. It's a tragic statement that exposes a belief that he has. Um, I The Constitution was written agnostically with technology. I mean, it doesn't matter if there's a, a horse and buggy stable on the corner or a gas station or a space station. Uh, it, it just doesn't matter. It's about controlling and containing power within its proper bounds. And for someone to say that it needs to be set aside, uh, if you set it aside, what are you going to replace it with? See, the American Founding Fathers understood the limits and bounds based upon constitutions. When they took the step they did with the Declaration of Independence, they were in essence setting aside the king's power, but they immediately began writing a new constitution, the Articles of Confederation. They found the one they did inadequate, and they ended up replacing it with the one we have today, which we're ignoring largely. But the fact of the matter is they knew limits and bounds were, re were absolutely required. And if you don't have those, you have a tyrant. Now, uh, when, I, when I read what you just quoted about what Donald said, um, I, I went to the farewell address. I mean, that's a go-to place for me, you know. And, and uh, maybe I could read just a few lines out of that. Would that be okay with you? For uh, Absolutely, uh, sir. Washington said this as he left the office of president. It was in September of uh, 1796 as he wrapped up his uh, eight years. Speaking of the Constitution, he said, Respect for its authority, compliance with its laws, acquiescence to its measures, are duties enjoined by the fundamental maxims of true liberty. The basis of our political systems is the right of the people to make and alter their constitutions and government. And by the way, you've read that in the Declaration. But the Constitution, which at any time exists, till changed by an explicit and authentic act, by the way, that's found in Article 5 of the Constitution, because they, they wrote into there the right of the people to alter or abolish their, their government. They, they wrote a peaceful way to do it. Okay, That's the only way constitutionally to do it. Exchanged by an explicit and authentic act of the whole people is sacredly obligatory upon all the very idea of the power and right of the people to establish governments presupposes the duty of every individual to obey the established government. Now, I'm going to have to skip some because of time and everything like that, but, but let's just jump ahead just a little bit. All conversations or associations of the above description may now and then answer popular ends. Okay, so... So Trump's maybe saying, there's a whole bunch of people out there that are saying we gotta we got to change the Constitution. we got to just, by guess and by golly, do it. Okay, He says they may uh, answer popular ends. Let's say it's popular with 99% of the people. I know it's not, but let's say it was. They are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, hmm, I wonder if Donald fits this description, cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to warp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the, the engines which have lifted them up, lifted them to unjust dominion. Toward the preservation of your government and the permanency of your present happy state, it is requisite not only that you steadily discountenance irregular oppositions to its acknowledged authority, but that you resist 
with care. The spirit of innovation upon its principles, however specious the pretexts, one method of assault may be to effect in the forms of the Constitution alterations which will impair the energy of the system and thus to undermine what cannot be directly overthrown. Now, this, <coughs> that, if anybody listened to that, analyzed it, dissected it, considered it, and waited in their heart, they're going to say, Holy Hannah, maybe that was written for exactly the thing that Donald Trump said. Now, we've been, we've been altering it by guess and by golly for so long that maybe we've gotten a little bit um, jaded on it. But the fact of the matter is, this is exactly what is being proposed, and it is exactly what will destroy the United States of America. Now, I find it disheartening that right after the 2020 election, there were a lot of the Donald's uh, associates and followers who were clamoring, uh, dancing in the streets, uh, speaking online. I mean, there was a whole overwhelming movement that there needed to be some kind of coup d'etat, uh, a, uh, shall we say, a junta, a military junta be installed. And FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Act, be applied where we would have military tribunals trying people. People, do you understand what has been advocated and what is currently apparently continuing to be advocated? There is great danger in this. And George Washington's great wisdom, I believe, written so long ago, it, it's, it's just like, wow, was he prophetic in his statement? He certainly was wise. He and was prophetic that, and wise. And it's yeah. not only these assaults about military tribunals jettisoning the Constitution altogether. It's the Convention on the States that we talk about. It's the Article 5 people. It's the secession people. They're all, for some reason, wanting to blame every bit of the problems we face on the Constitution. The people are taking no responsibility. The checks and balances and solutions that are provided within the supreme law of the land are being completely ignored, Doctor. There are ways to solve this. The Constitution provides a way out of this mess. Well, here's a, a Now that you open the door, I'll walk through it, okay? <laughs> Roger that. Another Intendedly st so, ladies and gentlemen. Another statement out of the farewell address. George Washington's wisdom. It's, it's a little later than what we just quoted, but it's still there, not far away. If in the opinion of the people the distribution or modification of the constitutional power has been in any particular wrong, let it be corrected by an amendment in the way the Constitution designates. But let there be no change by usurpation. For though this in one instance may be the instrument for good, it is the customary weapon by which free governments are destroyed. Okay, people, hear again and heed. This is exactly... I mean, this isn't. This moment is not the only time in our history where this has been needed. But you brought up the the convention people. His words were, "If it's in any particular wrong, let it be changed or corrected by the amendment in the in the way it's supposed to be." Okay. When I have these discussions with people, they never, ever, 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 ever can come up with a wrong. They say, "Well." If we have this huge deficit, it must be wrong. Well, tell me why it's wrong. Tell me where you're discovering. Well, we've got a big deficit. No, no. The deficit's because we're ignoring it. Or the problem is because we're going to war 
without following the process. I mean, every single instance is because we have set aside the Constitution. It is not wrong. It's not being applied. I would submit that applying Article 6 of the Constitution, which requires everybody to take an oath to uphold the document, is the solution. The problem is that we have set it aside without following the proper program. And, and think for a moment, if we have people out there that are asking, not asking, demanding that we rewrite the Constitution, we are going to discover that they are not qualified to stand in the shadow of those God raised up to establish this great nation. Well, and the so man who was president, who claims he wants to be president again, he doesn't want to even want to rewrite it. He just wants to jettison it. Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Twitter is coming under fire after their efforts to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story with the assistance of the federal government was exposed Friday night. Twitter executives suppressed the story based on the unverified assumption that Hunter Biden's laptop was hacked, a story pushed by our elected officials. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn on Fox News says mainstream media continues to bury the story in hopes of not exposing their irresponsible actions to the American people. Social media and big TV, and what are they trying to do? They're trying to bury the story about the cover-up. But, you know, this is something that's going to give us additional information for oversight hearings, the ability to call them in and say to Twitter, explain to us what was going on. The economy in the United States is still suffering from inflation caused by overspending at the federal government. Federal Reserve officials have signaled plans to raise their benchmark interest rate by 0.5 percentage point at their meeting next week. They have raised the rates this year at the fastest pace since the early 1980s to combat inflation. Fed Chair Jerome Powell indicated last week that the central bank was prepared to downshift the size of rate increases, but that may increase into 2023. After the U.S. Supreme Court blocked the OSHA mandate for employers of large companies in the United States to have the COVID-19 vaccine or get regular COVID-19 tests, the push now by Republican lawmakers is to end the mandate for military personnel, or they will not support the National Defense Authorization Act, which is set to be released today. Two NASA astronauts have completed a new solar array installation on the International Space Station. It took just over seven hours and was the 256th spacewalk in support of the space station assembly. USA Radio News. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur with words from another happy payroll customer. Well, it's very easy to use from the login and the setup was extremely easy. I didn't have to call anyone for help. I was able to do it on my own. And I love the fact that I can run my payroll and print my pay stubs. And then you guys do all of the filing for me. So I get a quarterly report that everything's been filed on my behalf. And then at the end of the year, I can print out my W-2s. So I use you guys 
I tell everybody, it's the easiest thing I've ever done. Why anybody doesn't use y'all, I don't know. Visit us at PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So Donald Trump completely off his rocker. He's talking about getting rid of the Constitution and everything entirely. Just letting it, what, I don't know, a single dictator or a group of dictators take charge, Dr. Bradley? I mean, this is insane. Well, just just think for a moment with me. Um, Okay, so let's say I think it's a good idea and you think it's a good idea. But does that mean it's a good idea? See, some people think that there ought to be some kind of opinion in this matter. And and the fact of the matter is, there's no opinion. It is set. It's, it's the, the people have consented to be governed within the limits and bounds of what is defined in the written words of the United States Constitution. Nobody, nobody, no former president, no current president, no court has the authority to say, oh, we're setting it aside in this case. Now, Here's where we've we've really fallen. It's not the only place, but it's one of the big places. We allowed that to be set aside a couple of years ago, 31, 32 months ago, whatever it was, when foolishly we we folded to the asinine ideas. Now, go look the word up. It's not what you might think. It's not even spelled with two S's. Anyway, (laughs) the asinine idea that you could suspend the Constitution because there was a virus purported to be about the land. It does not, it cannot, it will not happen if we have a constitutional government. And so here what we've been doing is, in practice, doing what Donald Trump is suggesting we do with the presidential election. Was it any bigger deal that we suspended religious liberties or the right of the people to convene and the right of the people to have assembly, the right of the people to have free speech. I mean, we are having things happen right now for the most absurd reasons. And you might say, well, what Donald Trump's talking about is even more absurd than that. Really? Really? Suspend individual God-given rights that were so important that we went to war over them. You know, this Second Amendment thing. Uh, That was exactly what they were trying to do, is suspending our right to keep and bear arms. When the the Brits marked, marched on the 18th of April and arrived on the, the green on the 19th of April in 1775. See, people don't seem to understand that they went through this formerly. So we don't have to again when they wrote this magnificent document, which I believe was done under the inspiration of God, and which they suggest on many occasions that, that they believed in that same manner. But what we're doing today is actually vocalizing it, deep-sixing the Constitution. And I, I can't believe that there's—it just can't be a widespread acceptance, but, but Donald Trump has become a god in some people's minds to the point that maybe they're saying, yeah, that's what our god is saying. You know, 
there are so many examples. I, I mean, well, I could get the scriptures out. And we could read it. And, and know, Dr. The, Bradley, let's let's talk about this for a second, though. And this is what I don't understand. When the founding fathers were right, when it came to creating the greatest country on the face of the earth, they literally created the greatest economic engine ever known. They created the most stability and the proper of government balancing between, you know what, complete, you know, anarchy, liberty kind of a thing or whatever you want to say. Anybody can do anything versus tyranny. They created this these checks and balances, but jurisdictionally uh, ratcheted down, chained down those who would destroy America. And it's taken well over a couple hundred years of flat out assault and abuse. And it's still largely intact. I know there's a lot of threats and everything, but it's still largely intact. It's the greatest experiment for liberty ever embarked on in the history of the world that we can point to with relevant modern historical evidence and facts and imperial evidences, etc. How come everyone wants to look at every other solution under the sun and blame the system, the experiment that the founding fathers embarked on that has proven so successful? I don't understand how you can even consider thinking there's a better plan with any comparative track record anywhere in the history of the world. I mean, it just baffles my mind doctor that a trump would be like hey scrap everything what does he intend to do just be a dictator and single-handedly be a godlike figure and solve it even george washington knew how unwise that was even when george washington had the opportunity to do that very thing he ran from it and said not on your life forget it it's not an answer never don't do it and here's the way to go forward how come people can't get it are we that brainwashed that indoctrinated or that stupid I just don't understand it. The answer to all those questions is apparently yes. But I I look at this in kind of a a compare and contrast. Here's here's the deal. People ask me often, okay, how do you think the Bill of Rights are doing? Or something to that effect. I say, well, we're violating all of them except for number three. And and I believe there's an argument that could be made how we're allowing that to happen by the feds uh, buying off on the local police. Go read number three if you don't remember what it is. But then on the other hand, uh, I say we basically have embraced all 10 points of the Communist Manifesto. People say, oh, we can't get them all. I say, yeah, we have eight and a half of them. And they say, oh, what, one and a half, haven't we? I say, well, we've embraced part of all of the 10. It's just that we haven't completely embraced them in every way. But the point of the matter is we're embracing a failed formula that can be documented every way, uh, in every way, shape, and form, the, the communist approach to things, it's a failed economic system, it's a failed governance system, it's failed in every way, shape, and form, and we're embracing that as we go forward and we set aside the great limits and bounds established by the Constitution. It is absolutely absurd. absurd. You know, I mentioned, uh, and, and people are going to have to go need to read this themselves without me trying to elucidate on it, but here's your scripture study for the day, at least part of it. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 14. In Ezekiel chapter 14, you know, Ezekiel, you know, he's the prophet, and, and there's always people coming to him and saying, let's go talk with the prophet and find out what we should do. And the Lord himself intervenes in this thing. And he says, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. You've set the prophet up as an idol, an idol. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I think that's what the document says originally. They have set up in their hearts a man, a prophet, as an idol. And, and they, are, they are taking that over what the Lord God himself has established. Okay, 
they they have set this man, who's a prophet, and ostensibly he's a good man. This Ezekiel guy's, I mean, you don't find a lot of criticism of him in the scriptures. But the point of the matter is, they have chosen him as their idol, and other prophets perhaps as their idols, when in fact the the Savior, the God, the Lord, the God of, of uh, the Old Testament is saying, no, they should come to me and understand. Okay, so... All right, let's just dial it back a little bit. I mean, because there's, there's another pathway or two we could take on that that I think would be very elucidating for people and how they have created idols in their mind. But in some people's mind, they have come to idolize Donald Trump to the point that he is an idol. And he has become the one that is now taking preeminence over anything else, anything else. You know, it's almost like the Lord God himself has spoken it when he opens his mouth to some people. And it's tragic. We, the people, need to turn our hearts to the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the universe, the God that gave us life itself and continues to give us breath, and every moment we live is by his sufferance. And, and we need to turn our hearts back to that philosophy rather than worshiping the arm of the flesh an idol, if you will, some man that you respect to the degree that it's like we replace God with a mortal. And and you say, whoa, how could they have done that with a Donald? And I don't need to, <laughs> I don't need to deconstruct that too much because it's so completely illogical and irrational that it, but it has happened in some people's mind. But well, other people and, and that's have, what I don't I don't get though. I mean, an idea to completely suspend the Constitution, all articles, everything, because of election fraud. Look, if there's election fraud, there's an easy way to solve it. The first thing you do is you kick the federal government out of the elections entirely because it's meant and left to the several states for elections. Okay, the counting of ballots, the the, the administering of elections, is a state, local. Uh, county by county, or I would say precinct by precinct discussion. The first thing you do is kick the feds out. They've proven with the FBI and, and all these different things, the, the government, Homeland Security, everybody that they've already meddled in elections. We have the evidence in court now. Literally, they met weekly to go ahead and, in my opinion, commit a criminal offense, which is to Manipulate the news, to manipulate free speech, to uh, block uh, agency to, to speak and to articulate and to explain. Okay, they have violated the First Amendment at every turn, so kick the feds out first. Then secondly, each state can re return to solutions here. We don't need to suspend the Constitution. In fact, the Constitution provides the guidance for solutions. When we come back, we'll talk about that with Dr. Bradley on your radio. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com All right, back with you live, Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman on your radio. I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, look, we cannot jettison the Constitution. It provides the framework for how to peacefully, using checks and balances, using jurisdictional boundaries, using solutions to our problems the election fraud is a huge problem i don't disagree one bit but you know what folks how do they commit election fraud in many cases it's because they've just grown government agencies beyond their proper bounds and authority okay we shouldn't even have a homeland security the republicans created that we shouldn't even have a homeland security to then spy on everybody and then destroy everybody's free speech rights and violate the first amendment on all five counts okay we the answer is the Constitution. Okay, the answer is not to jettison the Constitution. I mean, it's like I've got food right here, and you just want to run around everywhere else but the food I've got, and then you starve to death while you're running about. It's insane, doctor. Well, here's the deal. If if they really did do as Donald has suggested, one of the, one of the big concerns I have, and, and I voice this often, is that people in this day and age seem to be incapable of connecting the dots. You know, those little images when you were in second grade where you start with number one and move to number two, move number three, and you connect all the dots that's on there, and you have a duck or some stupid thing. Donald? Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, you connect the dots. You learn to do that in second grade. But we are, seem to be incapable in this nation today of connecting the dots. And if you connect the dots on this one, you don't have to go very far when you find out there are no more dots if you set aside the Constitution. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to find a solution? What are you going to do? You know, that's the problem is, is they, they go into Seattle or to Portland or wherever, and they burn the town down. Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have a number of friends that are from South Africa. And... Uh, there's, they're good, solid people. But what, what has happened in South Africa is that in many of the townships, they have created 
kind of community bathroom. So you've got flush toilets and running water and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, this is a first for a lot of the little townships. I mean, there's, they're trying to improve the sanitation, all this kind of stuff. Okay. But when they get dirty and they're not being cleaned appropriately, the people burn them down. And then they say, we need to have you build some new ones. It's like, no, the heck you say. I could say it much more strongly than that. You keep them clean, you have some responsibility, and you don't let them degrade to the point you feel like you got to burn them down. Donald wants to burn down the only sanitary place in this town to do anything. And that's what he's doing. And that's what he's suggesting. That's how stupid some of the people are in the townships in South Africa. And yet we're being stupid enough here to say, oh, let's burn it down. Now where do we go to get a flush toilet? Now where do we go to get fresh running water that's clean? I mean, it is just astounding to me that this could even be having a dialogue in society today. And someone that has held ostensibly the highest office in the nation, the leader of the free world, if you will, which is a fallacious kind of concept anyway. But the fact of the matter is, that's where we have fallen to. And nobody's connecting the dots. It's, it's like, as you brought up earlier, Sam, the people that are saying, we need to rewrite the Constitution. Let's have a convention, a convention of states or a, or a uh, Article 5 convention. They, they changed the name. It's a Constitution convention. It will open every aspect of the Constitution for change. And it isn't protected by a three-quarters state's approval rate because that can be changed in the convention. They could do it by a dialing the 900 number and the one with the most votes wins. It could be done any way they decide if they write it into it. And we have approved in the past stupidly plenty of amendments. In fact, I think today's maybe the anniversary of when the 18th Amendment was set aside. I had a look at that real quickly. I think it was. At any rate, people, do we understand what's at stake here? No, we don't. Because we set aside the Constitution, our God-given rights, because there was purported to be a virus running around the country. Oh, my heavens. Oh, that just, we're so worried. We're going to say you can't worship your God anymore. And religions went along with it. How foolish is that? Doesn't that just astound you? You know, the people in high places in religious says, oh, yeah, we're going to shut down. Yes or yes or three bags full, they said. When they, yeah, the 21st Amendment was ratified December 5th. It's the anniversary in 1933. So they got rid of one of the really stupid amendments they ratified with three-quarters of the state, the 18th Amendment. You don't put alcohol in a constitution. There's a lot to be said about that. At any rate, but that's what happens when people lose their minds. And we apparently have lost our minds to the point that we can't connect the dots beyond number two when we're making our little duck in second grade. I, I just am appalled. Shocked and chagrined. I, I use those three terms together often. That's where we've fallen, people. We can't be trusted to write another constitution. We haven't, uh, we're squandering the thing that we've got. i just tell you a little quick story. I mean, I'm sorry. I got a million stories. Everybody knows that. When my uh, oldest son turned 16, I 
I thought, you know what, he needs a shotgun. You know, that's a, that's a good thing. So I gave him what I considered to be my favorite shotgun. It still is, by the way, if you run forward to the end of the story. Um, Hold on, then you got to tell us which one it is, Doctor. Don't don't leave us hanging. Well, Come on now. Okay, I'll just tell you the story a little bit here. It, it's the the reason it's my favorite is not because it's the highest grade shotgun. It's because it never misses. It flows. It just becomes a part of your body. You just it's intuitive to shoot with it for me anyway. It's it's built to my specifications, if you will, because it happens to fit the way I shoot. Anyway, so I gave it to him his 16th birthday. And um, so him and his buddies went out to shoot some clays. They were going to go throw some clay pigeons. They came back. There was him and three of his buddies. And I'm out in the yard uh, kind of coiling up the hose or some silly thing. Anyway, he pulls in the driveway. He gets out on the east side of the driveway, which I can't see because it's the other side of the car. He bends over. He gets back up. And he, they drive away. So what the heck is going on? So I went over there. And there was the shotgun laying on the grass with the morning dew on it. I'm going, what the heck? You know, to me, that's that's a cardinal sin for a lot of reasons, not just safety, but for care and keeping of proper, you know, things that you just really respect, okay? You don't put them in the water and lay them down. I mean, oh, holy cow. Anyway, we could discuss that at length. So I picked it up, took it inside, cleaned it up, and put it in my safe. When he got when he got back, I said, "What what were you doing?" He says, "Well, we were going down to get some burgers, and uh, thought we better not take my gun." And so, yeah, I just put it on the lawn. And of course, we had a long discussion about that. I says, "You know what? It's in my safe. When I feel like, and you feel like, you have enough respect to take it and handle it properly, I'll give it back to you." Well, he's I think forty two or forty three now. It's still in my safe, and. Tragically, um, you know, I mean, I'd give it to him now if he wanted it, but, but he hasn't asked for it. And and I, how do you, how does this compare, or you know, how do we tie this in? We were given a gift, a magnificent gift by God, made us the freest, most happy, most prosperous, most respected nation on earth, and and it lasted for years, for decades, and and we are squandering it right now. We've done far more than come back and put a treasured shotgun on the dewy, wet grass and driven away. We are throwing away the great cause of liberty, which is is probably the greatest gift God has given. He say, oh, no, it's no bigger than the Savior. No, the Savior was in support of it. The Savior made it possible. And so they're correlated together. That gift of being able to choose, that agency, the greatest nation on the earth, the freest, most happy, as we said, where we can choose to be everything we wish to be and can and have the potential to become, and we're squandering it. And we're giving it away, and the Donald has just overtly stated, we do this. We go forward. But we've been doing it for so long now the people don't even recognize. Like I say, 31, 32 months ago, whatever it was, we stupidly suspended the Constitution. We put people in lockdown. Habeas corpus, nah, no due process, all this kind of stuff. We were locked down. Everybody go home, stay there until some executive that has no power and authority to create law says it's okay to come out. There was no, nothing that said the Americanist way needed to be followed. 
do, do, people, do people see how we have abandoned the foundation of everything that we should be cherishing? We've thrown it out of the car as we drove by to buy hamburgers. And, and we don't seem to care. There isn't an outcry. There should be a tumultuous outcry by the people on everything that is currently being placed before us, not just what the Donald has said, but everything that's going on. We should say no more. It will never be again. We will not allow this. Church leaders, if your church leader says, we're not going to worship anymore, we're going to worship at the altar of COVID, our Savior is going to be a physician, a scientist, a researcher, a pharma company, a politician, or whatever, We've set aside our Savior. If your church leader says that, it's maybe time to reconsider what those people are telling you and a lot of other things. It's tragic. It's a travesty what we've done. And uh, I've, I've just, <laughs> I'm heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken. And I hope and pray that somehow, some way, enough Americans wake up that we don't allow this travesty to continue. And uh, hopefully, in, uh, based on the responses I'm seeing in the media, I don't think the Donald's uh, approach will be will be there, but uh, but who knows? Who knows? I've seen things grow legs and get traction that I never thought I'd see in this nation. It's a well, Doctor Bradley. What do we what do we do with say a Donald that makes? I mean, everybody's pushing back on him, rightly so. Democrats, everybody is going. Have you lost your mind? The problem is that they want solutions that are not really jettisoning the Constitution all at once, yeet it like they do abortions, yeet the Constitution like Donald's proposing, but they all want to circumvent it, undermine it, delay it, set it aside, put it on hold. Um, this is just the most blatant, bold statement on the topic we've seen. How do we help people? To, uh, how do we talk them off the ledge? You can finish on that. We're about out of time. Uh, talk about the what? We got to talk the them ledge. off the ledge? Oh, talk oh, yeah, they're ready to the jump off the cliff, no, there's, man. There's somebody up there saying, jump, jump, jump. Okay, no. I'm saying no, no, no. No, no, no. We the people have got to come to understand these principles. And the lesson until we do, it's it's toast. And, and, and it's not toast. A very small percentage of people can turn this around. But we've got to get more friends to this cause of liberty. And that's what we're trying to do every time we talk, Sam. You know that. I know that. But somehow people not to, need to make these things popular again and all the other things unpopular. And, and every one of your listeners has got to participate in this. We can't say, oh, Sam's going to do it. No, Sam's doing what he can. Every one of us has got to do everything we can. That's part of the plan. God's letting us prove ourselves and our own worth. Would you have been at Valley Forge or would you have been the one feasting around the corner at a holiday festive thing? Valley Ford's baby for me. Ladies and gentlemen, God save the republic. The Constitution is the solution, not the problem. Thanks, Dr. Bradley. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use. 
No Doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our to it too. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, there's so much going on. So little time. Last hour with Dr. Scott Bradley, we talked about one topic only. Donald Trump. I'm telling you, he has lost his mind. Trump got rebuked by both sides of the aisle for his call to, quote, terminate the Constitution over the 2020 election results. He made the, quote, claim over the weekend on his Truth Social Media platform. Here's what Donald said. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution, Trump wrote. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to talk about several other things with Dr. Scott Bradley, but it took up the whole time. I I hate to say this, but as Dr. Bradley wisely pointed out, this guy swore an oath to the Constitution and supposedly was obeying it for four years. If he thinks we can just suspend the Constitution and somehow that will be better, he's lost his mind, ladies and gentlemen. Here to break it down with me now is Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org. I am shocked at his ignorance. Is the only way I know how to say it, Lowell. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Sam. You know, a couple things come to mind. Number one, he had an opportunity um, to, uh, you know, uh, well, yeah, to commence an investigation into the alleged fraud um, of the election back in Dece- on the December 18th meeting when Patrick Byrne uh, and others met with him at the White House. Patrick convinced him that, yeah, we, we, we do need a brief investigation. Let's, let's initiate this investigation for, you know, seven to 14 days. And then um, and Rudy Giuliani shows up and, and then flips the president on that and and uh, talked him out of it. Well, I mean, Trump had the opportunity, and he should have taken it. He should have listened to reason. He should have listened to Patrick Byrne. He should have investigated the election then, but he didn't. And so I think it's, uh, I, I think it's disingenuous for him to come now and say, yeah, you know, the the election results were, were were fraudulent, and we need to, you know, suspend the Constitution in order to to set things right. I mean, that that's that's. That's the wrong approach uh, to go about it. Now, the other thought that comes to my mind, Sam, is that most of these yahoos serving in the general government don't follow the Constitution anyway. But that doesn't give them license or permission to say, okay, we're going to suspend it. I mean, it's like a line in the sand. um, And we need to maintain that line, even though the general government refuses to follow it 95% of the time. At least that line in the sand exists, and we can point to it. And we can uh, we can uh, try to hold our our public servants accountable to it, drag them kicking and screaming back to that line in the sand, and say, "Hey, you need to follow this," you know. And um, so I, you know, it, no way does it make any sense at all to to suspend the Constitution uh, for this uh, for this reason, Sam. Constitutional. Education 101, ladies and gentlemen, is that the Constitution 
doesn't have a great role to play when everybody's following the Constitution. What I mean by that is, um, you know, you don't need to think about it. It just works. Okay, because everybody's in their lane, so to speak. Everybody's jurisdictionally aware. Nobody crosses jurisdictional authority or boundaries. Everybody's kind of chained down, and the world's good. Uh, Education on the Constitution teaches, first and foremost, that the Constitution is written primarily for crisis times. Now, that doesn't mean it's not meant for the day-to-day use. Of course it is. But what I'm saying is when we have the greatest crisis, the greatest challenge, the greatest confusion, the greatest unchecked, unbridled power, that's when the Constitution is really meant to stand up and shine. That's what makes the difference between us and other countries, uh, Lowell Nelson. And so I want to kind of highlight this to you. What they want to do is suspend the Constitution in a crisis and then be like, hey, we'll get back to it when times are good. No, no, no. The Constitution was written for that crisis scenario and really meant to provide guidance through those crisis times more than anything else. Okay, so if you want to deal with elections, Donald, you first get the government out of it. The general government has no authority whatsoever in elections, period. Secondly, use precincts and local municipalities to demand accountability and transparency. Okay, but again, this guidance is the key to the exercise. You don't eat the Constitution and then wonder where to go next. That's insanity. It was written and created for times such as these, Lowell Nelson. Yeah, I like the way some uh, other people put it. It's um, it's uh, it, not only is it important to follow all the time, but it's especially important to follow the Constitution in times of, of emergency or exigency or uh, crisis. I mean, that's the most important time you should be following the Constitution, not ignoring it or suspending it or whatever. I don't know where in the world he got the idea, you know, that – you know, we ought to suspend the Constitution. I, I, I don't know who he's listening to. I, I do agree with Joel Skousen that he's a poor judge of character. He surrounds himself with swamp creatures and then expects to drain the swamp. I mean, that's an impossibility. You can't do that. You can't surround yourselves with swamp creatures and then expect to drain the swamp. It just doesn't work. So I, I, I don't know where he's coming from on this thing, but he had, to, he had the opportunity to investigate the fraud, and he didn't take it. He got talked out of it by the traitor, uh, Rudy Giuliani, the deep stater, Rudy Giuliani. And um, and so, you know, he, he took his licks, and he shouldn't be talking about doing this now. He's only, he's only uh, you know, uh, submarining any efforts that he had to, to run for presidency in 24. Sam? The time we need the Constitution the most, ladies and gentlemen, is when we are in a crisis state in the country. I'm not saying it doesn't provide guidance otherwise, but I'm just telling you that if you want guidance, go read the responsibilities at the general level. They have no authority in elections whatsoever. So if you've got a crisis in elections, ladies and gentlemen, you turn to who is responsible. The states, the counties, the precincts, and you get the general government out of it. You say you've committed fraud and violated First Amendment rights on, at all levels, general government. You're out of this discussion. Now, state by state, we can put things in place to restore America, okay? But you're not going to do it any other way. In fact, Joel Skousen had a 2022 year-end analysis, worldaffairsbrief.com, if you want to learn about Joel's incredible uh, newsletter and uh, education piece that comes out once a week. 
in your um, email if you subscribe to theworldaffairsbrief.com. But he spoke. Lowell was there, and he's got details. Lowell? And by the way, guys, can you skip the break for us? Excellent. Well, Go ahead, you. Lowell. Yeah, well, thank you, Sam. And before jumping into uh, my notes on Joel's talk, I, I, I must say in fairness uh, to uh, students of the Constitution that the, um, the, the general government does have the authority um, to provide some election regulation if, a state refuses to implement elections um, in their state um, uh, elections for the Congress, uh, and they and the states wrote that into the Constitution on purpose, just so they, um, in, just in case there was a state that that it said, okay, we're we're still a part of the union, but we're not sending anybody to Congress. We're not going to provide for the election of anybody and to, to to the Congress. Then in that case, there was when. The, um, the Constitution, the, the, well, the states authorized via the Constitution the general government to step in and, and uh, provide regulations regarding uh, elections, but, but not where they could be held, but that they had to be held. So it was very interesting, but very small, subtle point there. I just wanted to clarify that, Sam. Um, the, um, the year-end analysis that Joel provides uh, at the Highland meeting each year. He usually it's the first Friday of, of uh, December each year, and he's been doing this for six, seven, eight years running. Um, uh, now, I don't know if your listeners know Joel Skousen. They probably do, because I, I think you've had him on several times, right, right Sam? Uh, do, do we need an introduction of Joel? <laughs> uh, not a long one, but a teeny one would suffice. Yes, sir. Well, a teeny one. Um, he is a political scientist by training, and he specializes in the philosophy of law and constitutional theory. And secondarily, he's a designer of high-security residences and retreats. The reason I wanted to mention this, his, that he's a scientist, political scientist by training, is that you know people may wonder um, where in the world Joel, you know, gets this information, and why his his observations are so spot on over time, and it is because he's been trained as a political science, scientist, and he has been watching world affairs, uh, these uh, these players on the global chessboard, for decades. Um, I mean, he reads uh, uh, vociferously, is that the right word, vociferous? <laughs> I can't remember, voraciously. Um, he reads, and uh, he, he has uh, contacts in and out of the government, and um and, he, and, he, and, of course, he has a readership all over the world, and so they can keep him informed about things happening throughout the world as well. So that's one of the reasons why Joel is such a great source for, um, you know, world affairs, which is uh, what he did an analysis for us last Friday night. Sam? All right, let's tip the break, you guys. All right, there you have it. Keep going, Lowell. Okay. Well, it, you know, Joel Skousen, he's known as a realist, and some people criticize him for being way too pessimistic, <laughs> but he, he quipped that it's better to be pessimistic because, you know, if you're right, you win, and if you're wrong, you win. <laughs> so he said being a pessimist is far better than being an optimist. I just thought we'd throw that in there because it was a humorous beginning to a very sobering talk. Um, that's, uh, that's why he, he justifies his being a pessimist. <laughs> on that basis, so I thought it was, was very, very cute. Um, 
why conservatives will never win another election that matters. That was his first topic. And this relates a little bit to what we started at the top of the hour, Sam, about, you know, Trump wanting to, you know, suspend the Constitution because the election was stolen from him. Well, uh, Joel says, yes, it was stolen uh, from him. And the reason we know that is because of the hack on Edison Research data. Uh, it turns out that almost everything you see on the mainstream media regarding national elections or these congressional elections that happen throughout the country, they come from Edison Research data. In other words, all of these the, these data are uploaded to Edison Research, and uh, and then that becomes the, the font of information that's utilized by all of the mainstream media. Well, it turns out that this year, I mean, in the, I'm sorry, 2020, uh, someone hacked into the Edison Research data and copied it. They copied the raw data. They they got they cut made a copy of all of the raw data coming into Edison Research data, to Edison Research, and then they you, they compared that with the data that was fed to the media, and the discrepancy is 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 stark. I mean, the huge discrepancy. You know, what came in as votes for Trump went out as votes for Biden. There's a very clear numerical evidence that the election was stolen, and, and that's all in this Edison research data. Now, Sam, I did not know anything about it. I'd never heard, and maybe that's because I, I, hadn't, maybe I hadn't studiously read every single World Affairs brief, and that's my bad, because Joel probably talked about this in, in 2021 in his World Affairs brief. Um, but uh, I just thought that that was a striking uh, declaration. Uh, you know, truly, it was stolen. Um, and, and, you know, he, he cited, Joel cited another reason uh, that we can know it was stolen, and that was the, the, the fraud that came through the postal system, right? I mean, as you watch the progression of votes being accumulated for the two candidates, Biden and Trump, over the, the several hours following the close of elections, uh, you know, the 8 p.m. closure, um, you, you'd see these two lines. They would be trending upward at both more or less the same rate. They'd be paralleling each other uh, upward. And then all of a sudden, they, there was a huge jump um, in, in the number of votes for Biden. Like 100,000 votes just out of nowhere came, came in for Biden. And... Um, they, and so how do you explain that? Well, the lamestream media will tell you that, well, that's because all of the votes from the big urban areas of our state uh, hit the, you know, hit the, the tally here, you know, came in. But, but Joel explained that is wrong. That's incorrect because urban votes get mixed with rural votes by these big mail processing centers. So, there's no way you can say that, okay, all of the votes from Chicago came in and that, that resulted in a big jump in votes for Biden because, uh, you know, it was all urban. Well, that's not true. It was not all urban because the urban and the rural votes get mixed together in these big mail processing centers. So that, that was the second reason he explained why we can know and how we can know that the 2020 election was stolen. Now, he said that Republicans, uh, ha, um, uh, well, before he, turning to the M M McCarthy thing, I, I just wanted to say that 
the 22 midterm elections, the fraudsters tightened up their security in order to prevent another hack of the Edison Research data. Because had that evidence been taken to the courts, the courts would have either overturned the election or required a new election to be held. Um, not that that would have made any difference in the outcome, but something like that would have been been done. And, and, and because the exposure of this hack of Edison research data would have blown this thing wide open, and people would have realized that their election truly had been hacked. But because it was not taken to the courts, um, the lamestream media didn't have to cover it, right? And they never did. Only Joel is, is the only one that I know of that covered it. And so nobody knows about it now. You know, his readership is not into the millions, probably, uh, of people. I'm sure it's in the tens of thousands and maybe even the hundreds of thousands, but it's not into the millions yet uh, that I know. I'm just guessing. But, but if it were into the millions, then, then, then more people would have known about it. But see, that's why we get to the perfidy of Rudy, Rudy Giuliani and his legal team. They, uh, on purpose, um, submarined every effort of the Trump campaign to contest the election, right? They're deep staters. They did not want Trump to win. And so all of that effort, all of the information they put before the courts, none of it contained numerical evidence that was actionable by the court. So the courts would just throw them out. So, um, you know, and so now we get to the, the 22 election of, of uh, the midterms, right? And so the Republicans think that, well, we, you know, this big red wave uh, didn't materialize. And, uh, you know, what happened to it? Well, um, they, Joel said that uh, they used sophisticated computer election fraud. And um, if you had been a regular reader of his World Affairs Brief, you would have uh, noted a link to a video put together by a programmer who was paid by a congressman to write software to demonstrate how an election could be thrown to, uh, you know, any, any, any specific person, any member of Congress running, any state legislature who, legislator who is running, whatever. You know, if that computer program is used, then it can be programmed ahead of time to throw the election to whichever candidate you want by whatever percentage points you want, regardless of the input, right? I mean, I'm a computer programmer. I know exactly how to do this. And then you can, afterwards, you can erase the part of the program that does the finagling, the, the throwing of the, of the election, the finagling of votes, so that you cannot... Uh, you you can you know you can let people read your source code and they'll never find the you know then they'll never find the uh, the fraud in your source code. Uh, you can there is such a thing as self-deleting source code. You can actually delete portions of your program on the run on the fly if you want. Um, so anyway, this programmer demonstrated um, for the congressman how to throw the election, and so it's very sophisticated. It's computer election fraud. And as long as we allow uh, computers to tabulate the results of our, the ballots we cast in any election, then conservatives will never, ever win another election that matters. Um, that's the claim. That's, the, that's what Joel was explaining there Friday night. And you, you almost have to believe him because, uh, you know, you look at Florida. They tightened up their election uh, procedures 
they they had voter ID, they had uh, paper ballots. I can't remember. Did they have paper ballots? I can't remember. But they tightened things up significantly, and um, and the conservatives did very well there. There was a red wave in Florida, but throughout most of the rest of the country, there was not. You know, we have to be more like France. See, France, they outlawed paper ballots several decades ago. And so they've never been hampered by the uh, election fraud there in France. So anyway, that's that's basically his treatment of the election um, uh, fraud. Uh, and let me, let me and, summarize really quick Yeah, from Joel Skousen. He says they will not allow Donald Trump to win in 2024. He is a poor judge of character. They say everything you see on mainstream press comes from Edison research data. But you know what? Someone hacked that data, copied the wrong data, fed it to the media. That's proof that the election was stolen. There was also fraud that came through the Postal Service. How do you explain the big jumps for Biden? They claim it was from the big cities, but data is mixed together at that point. It's not all from the big cities, so that clearly isn't factual. All right, vague information and disinformation was fed to Mike Lindell. Somebody took that evidence to court. His case was dismissed. In the 2022 midterm elections, the fraudsters tightened up their security so that there wouldn't be another hack of the research, uh, Edison research data. Right? This is serious. He highlights all that regarding the elections. Uh, that's as sound as it gets in terms of what's gone wrong in a very simple summation as he you know, does this at the end of the year, and he highlights the point, you know what, we're not going to have another honest election. It's just not possible as long as we let this stand. And that's why I'm putting together the CSPOA uh, 10 guidelines to restoring elections. And the first thing it says is get the general government out. They have no authority whatsoever. All right. But anyway, great, great summary on that from Joel Skousen. He then jumps into religious support. For the Respect for Gay Marriage Act is a trap. Um, really, you're talking about this disrespect for marriage act, in my opinion. Uh, but Joel dives into this very well for the end of the year, too. This is a critical moral issue, Lowell. It certainly is, Sam. Uh, the, um, the trap is this, because it turns out that 501c3 organizations cannot be forced to perform gay marriages. That's, that's currently in the act right now, the Gay Marriage Act, or Respect for Gay Marriage or the Disrespect for Marriage Act, however you want to say that. Um, and, and churches got behind this because right now they benefit from this cutout, from this exemption, basically, where they cannot be forced to perform gay marriages. But Joel said this is a trap. How do you know it's a trap? Well, because that exemption can be eliminated, that loophole, some people will call it a loophole, can be closed, or this this exemption eliminated simply by a majority vote of the Congress sometime in the future and a signature from the president. It's not a constitutional right. An organizational does not have a constitutional right, uh, you know, and, and so all they need to do is Congress needs to pass a law, with, you know, with, uh, eliminating this exemption, and boom, 501c3 organizations would thereby be forced to perform gay marriages. So that's the trap. And, um, and 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 that, that that's why you know uh, so many of the, our churches uh, around the country were supporting this uh, this terrible act, which is called Respect for Marriage Act, but it's really properly named it's Respect for Gay Marriage Act, 
that everybody around the country was supporting. Sam? Yeah, I call it the Disrespect for God-Ordained Marriage Act, ladies and gentlemen. Hang tight. Lowell Nelson, Sam Bushman, campaignforliberty.org on your radio. Listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Scientist Andrew Huff worked from 2015 to 2016 as the vice president of EcoHealth Alliance, the U.S. taxpayer funded nonprofit group that collaborated with the Chinese laboratory on bat virus research ahead of the COVID 19 outbreak. As a whistleblower, Huff now claims that COVID-19 was man-made and that he saw the potential for a lab leak out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology as early as 2016. OPEC Plus said Sunday it will lock in current oil production levels. That suggests the world's leading oil producers are uncertain about the direction of crude prices. It locks in a 2 million barrel a day production cut that was decided in October. The cap is set to go into effect today. Congress is looking at legislation later this week that would scrap the Pentagon's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for military service members. A rollback of the policy would be included in the National Defense Authorization Act, which is set to be released today. The Supreme Court is taking up if businesses can be forced to do something they don't want to do. Katie Lewis has more. Oral arguments on whether businesses can refuse to provide services for same-sex weddings will be heard by the Supreme Court today. A designer in Colorado wants to decline creating wedding websites for same-sex couples because those marriages are in conflict with her religious beliefs. However, state officials say the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act goes for all businesses. Residents of Moore County in central North Carolina faced a second night of freezing weather without power on Sunday after vandals opened fire with guns on two electric substations in what's being called a targeted attack. The FBI in Charlotte is investigating. Thanks for listening. It's well appreciated. USA Radio News. Stress. It never seems to end when you owe money to the IRS. What about the years of unfiled tax returns? Have you tried another tax service and gotten nowhere? Then you need Tax Alliance. Why? Years of being A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints sets them apart. Call 800-624-9275. That's 800-624-9275. Don't wait until the IRS attacks your wages, bank account, your home or pension, and even your Social Security check. Tax Alliance specializes in IRS tax relief programs, including the Fresh Start Initiative, which can finally free yourself from IRS. IRS debt. Their tax professionals can file returns, fight the IRS to substantially lower your IRS debt, or possibly even have it forgiven. If you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled tax returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call 800-624-9275. That's 800-624-9275. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson with me, campaignforliberty.org. We're talking about Joel Skousen's world brief year in review. 
where he literally covers elections in great detail, and he basically says we're not going to have honest elections going forward. And he's right, unless we the people stand up and demand they become local and demand uh, you know, 10 or so facts, 10 or so necessities. Uh, if we don't do those things, he's absolutely spot on. And I mentioned that one of them is we need to get rid of machines, and I've had a lot of people, even people who agree with us, on the problem say, but they'll never go for no machines. Well, they might not, but if they don't, they'll never have honest elections, okay? It's just that simple. So anyway, he covered elections a lot. He also covered this religious support, respect for gay marriage. It's a trap. Amen. He's right about that. He also talked a lot about war. Uh, And you know what? We're in over 130-plus nations, militarily speaking, and we tend to create war. And here's the headline, and then we'll let Lowell run with this. Globalists use communists to bring down countries. Sadly, we side with the globalists and the communists often in America, around the world, and it will create demise for everyone involved. Lowell. Well, he made the observation that uh, people believe that anybody who the globalists are against is good, right? We, we have this dichotomy in our minds. Globalists are bad, therefore anybody the globalists fight must be good. Well, that's simply not true, right? Because there's, in fact, Joel said there's no no good actors in any government of the world today. They're all bad actors. They're all evil to some extent. And so you've got evil fighting evil and a lot of innocent people getting hurt in between. Um, so I, I, you know, Joel is one of the few conservatives who actually supports Zelensky in Ukraine against Russia, but uh, he, he does so for the, for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. And how does he do that? He understands the history of Russia so much more than than others, right? Uh, Well, we can't go on thinking that globalists are the only bad guys and and that anyone the globalists oppose is a friend to liberty. That's simply not true. Um, It it turns out that Russia, for a long time, has been planning to attack uh, Ukraine. And, uh, uh, you know, I fell into this trap. Joel explained that um, conservatives uh, across the country were, were saying that, that NATO is the reason Putin attacked Ukraine, right? NATO pushing eastward was the reason that Putin attacked Ukraine. Well, Joel explained Putin was going to uh, attack Ukraine uh, years ago anyway, regardless of what NATO did. It just gave him another good excuse to, 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 to go into Ukraine. But he, is, he populated, moved a, a bunch of Russians into Ukraine a long time ago. Because if you want to conquer a country, the most effective way to do so is to occupy that country. Um, and and he, he can't, you can't win territory back if you don't occupy that territory. So there's a ton of Russians that moved into eastern Ukraine for, and have been doing so for years and decades. And what they, what Putin needed was a reason to launch his offensive against Ukraine. Well, it turns out that um, the uh, Yanukovych um, was was um, was supposedly a bad guy. I mean, a friendly to to Russia, not a Western guy. And so he had to make up his his that that he was deposed. Um, and, and so basically he helped 
uh, do the, the Orange Revolution in 2014, um, or organized a protest against him and made, made a, a big deal with the, the, the protesters and, and made a big news story that he, he was deposed and he fled. He fled from, um, you know, the, the, the state uh, house there in, in Ukraine. Well, and, and so then they put in Poroshenko. And the Poroshenko, he was known to be friendly with the West, right? He was perceived by the Westerners as friendly to the West. They needed somebody like that in, in order to antagonize the Russians in the Donbass, in order to give Putin the pretext or the justification for moving on Ukraine. Uh, and, and so that's, that's what happened. The 2014, yes, the U.S. helped to finance the Orange Revolution in Ukraine. That's true. But what was really going on was this switch from a so-called Eastern ruler to a Western ruler, the switch from Yanukovych to Poroshenko, so that Poroshenko could then antagonize the Russians and give him, them the reason to, to move into Ukraine. Now, Zelensky, he's not a communist, but he's also, he's not a Russian puppet like Yanukovych and Poroshenko were. Uh, and, and again, Joel emphasized there are no good actors in government today. All of them are corrupt to some extent. But, um, you know, Joel uh, uh, is supporting Zelensky. He's kind of a wild card, kind of like Trump is. Yeah, and I'm not supporting any of them because what we need to do is avoid the foreign entanglements like Ron Paul yeah. spoke of in modern times. Yeah. like George Washington spoke of uh, and the Founding Fathers spoke of in yesteryear times. Look, we're in over 130-plus nations militarily, and folks, as long as we continue to be in that, we will get the blowback, the CIA-documented principle, which highlights that, you know what, they will eventually get sick of us. And folks, if we ever have an EMP strike in the United States, Joel Skousen says it'll leave us without electricity for up to a year. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea what that would really mean, lol. <laughs> well... It would mean that uh, Bitcoin, for one thing, would not work, <laughs> um, uh, and it would mean far more dire uh, consequences for more people. I mean, hunger, starvation, uh, a, a famine of food in the land. Uh, it, you know, the absence of electricity. And, and he explained this in in his um, uh, year-end analysis last year that we have transform electric transformers that um, are huge. These huge transformers. And uh, if an EMP strike were were launched, or were, if we were hit with an EMP strike, it would blow these transformers. And these are not easily replaced. We don't have any spare transformers in the states. All of them are are manufactured overseas, and it would take about it takes a long time. It takes months and months to build one of these large transformers. And because we haven't hardened our grid, we have basically three big grids in the United States: one in the east, one in the west, one in Texas. Um, because we haven't have not hardened our grid, then we are susceptible to a massive power outage in the event of an EMP strike, and we would be out of power not days, not weeks, not months, but well, at least months, maybe years, because it would take us that long to put to back together our electric grid, our, our power And that's grid. just from a transformer point of view, Lowell. Everybody in their own electronics, too. I mean, if you had your, for example, um, you know, a lot of your different things, your heater, your your air conditioning, your heater, all those things need electricity to run. And you know what? Even if the big transformers got back online, that doesn't mean that you personally would have, you know, your stove or your oven requires electricity. Your, I mean, it goes on and on. 
all these things would have problems. So it's more than just even the Transformers uh, from a personal point of view, Lowell. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, we haven't experienced anything like this. And you're a prepper that, uh, you know, you live out in the, the woods and the hills without electricity, maybe a little bit of solar, whatever. Then you have a taste of what it would be like after an EMP strike. Um, and so Joel continues to challenge us to be more prepared, to do what it takes to, to, to be prepared for these eventualities, for um, a nuclear fallout, for example, uh, a fallout shelter would be something you would want to have. Otherwise, you're going to get very sick. Um, and, um, uh, you know, prepping so that you have food stored and uh, maybe seeds so that you can grow foods. But if you're in an urban environment, then even if you were to grow foods in a garden, then you're going to have gangs of people wanting to rip you off uh, and pick your plants clean because they don't have food. And, and people do pretty you know, bloodthirsty, violent things when they're hungry. Uh, you, you, you may want to have a retreat or a rural hideout where you can um, retreat to uh, in, 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 in case of these things. And he, he believes we still have several years to prepare um, he mentioned that uh, Xi Jinping uh, wants to have the Chinese military fully ready uh, by 27. That's what, uh, four or five years from now. Um, uh, he believes that uh, China probably will invade or begin its attack on Taiwan in the next six to 12 months. Um, you know, he looked at the disparity, he looked at the numbers, he said, look, the U.S. has 47,000 troops in Korea. South Korea has about 50,000 troops. There's 100,000, but China has a million, right? And China's allied with North Korea. And so, you know, that's 10 to 1. Uh, they would be overrun if uh, North Korea were to uh, make war on South Korea. And uh, he says, so watch for that. That could All right, be hey, let's skip the break, guys, real quick on this one. So, folks, look, you've got to prepare. You've got to get this done. You know what, an EMP strike, whether it was intentional or not, you know, understand that nature can create those as well. You got to understand that. But he also talked about conscience is the only way that we can really kind of ferret our way out of this and deal with corruption in judgment. Lol. And this was the part, uh, Sam, which I believe is the most valuable portion of his analysis. Um, conscience. It really is the only way to correct what he called corruption of judgment, which is widespread now in the nation, right, in the country. Uh, when people say men can have babies or when, when people say abortion is okay, uh, when people say that the LGBTQ agenda is okay and we have to tolerate it, I mean, we have a serious corruption of judgment in our country. And, and so he, he went on to explain that the voice of conscience really is the only way you can correct this corruption of judgment. He explained that your conscience is not only a receptor of heaven-sent messages, it's also a receptor of messages from the adversary. Now, this was a point, Sam, that I did not really realize. I mean, I should have realized this, because immediately after you get a heaven-sent message in your mind, then almost immediately thereafter you get a rationalization from the adversary. Well, how did that get there? Well, the same mechanism in our minds that allows us to hear 
inspiration from heaven also allows us to hear so-called inspiration from the adversary. You have Joel explain three voices in your head all of the time. One from heaven, one from hell, and one of your own, right? Because you get to cast the deciding vote. You get an inspiration from heaven. You get a rationalization of that from, from hell, basically. You never use those words. Those are my words. And then you get to decide on whether you're going to follow the inspiration from heaven or the inspiration from the adversary. Um, and, 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 and that's how you prove your, your loyalty to your heavenly father or to the God of this world, which is the adversary. So um, uh, people think that promptings have to be about spiritual things. That's not true, Joel, Joel reminded us. Most promptings, he said 95% of your promptings are about temporal things, such as... And the reason why that is is because the promptings relate to your day-to-day -day life and your navigation through that life as you try to mm -hmm. use your agency to choose God, righteous, good over evil. Okay, and that's why... Uh, it's that way. And we need to understand that our conscience is key. Pay attention. Now, oftentimes what will happen is you'll get the rationalization second to the spiritual or to the good prompting from God. Oftentimes, though, it's not even a rationalization as much as it is a questioning of self. You go, oh, well, I can't do that or that couldn't be right. Or, oh, man, I don't. That takes too much work. I don't want to do that. Or, so it's not always a, a rationalization necessarily. Because Satan, if you if you paid attention to the scriptate letters and other kind of uh, ideas on this topic, the reality is that you, you tend to second-guess yourself. You tend to think, oh, you know what, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, that takes too much work. I don't want to. And you can call that rationalization, um, but you're not really rationalize, rationalizing um, the issue as much as you may be rationalizing your need for a response. Uh, and I want to make that very clear. Joel speaks out very clearly uh, on conscience, in my opinion, out of all the preparedness things he's given us over the years, this is probably the most important. Conscience is the only way to correct corruption of judgment, ladies and gentlemen. And, and you could learn, you can practice this. When you get these promptings, obey them. When you get these promptings, uh, embrace them and ponder. You know, what, what, what would be the, uh, you know, if I do this, what would happen? If I don't do this, what would happen? And, and start to analyze those promptings and you'll notice that they are good that you should follow them. Now, I'm not saying that's 100% true every time, but I'm telling you this conscious thing matters. And there is no better um, way to articulate it than Joel has done so, I don't think, either, Lowell. He gave us two rules, Sam. He said, number one, always force yourself to do the things you should do, especially when you don't feel like it. <laughs> that, that's rule number one, right? You're, you're laying on the couch watching TV, and you get a prompting, you should maybe get up and do the dishes, right? Um, and, and, of course, you don't want to because you're enjoying the TV program. But he says that is the time you especially need to force yourself to get up, get up off that couch, go do the dishes, even though you don't want to. He says that's the most important time to do, uh, to follow the prompting. Is when you and don't let me want follow to. up with the why to that, Lowell. Yeah. It isn't about the dishes. And it probably doesn't matter too much if the dishes are done or not in the, in the scheme of things. Because eventually you will do them, right? Yep. But the reason that it's important is because when you get up and obey, that eventually those promptings come clearer and stronger, and you learn to trust them rather than second-guess them. Those are the reasons why. It isn't about the dishes, Lowell. Mm -hmm. Well, you're a good point. It's about learning to follow the promptings. 
And if you ignore the prompting, then you'll get less and less of them because you're tacitly telling heaven you don't want the promptings. And so he's not going to badger you, right? He's not going to, to, to keep making you feel guilty. I mean, if you don't want the promptings, he'll stop giving them to you. And, and so it's really up to us, folks, whether if we want the promptings, then we need to, 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 to you know, pray for them, hope for them, yearn for them, listen to them, and then follow them when they come. And that way, they'll become more and more recognizable, and we'll, we'll develop a pattern or a habit, a, a character, basically, of always following those promptings. And that is the most assurance of safety you can have in your life. Right? And when the, second, mean, when the second doubt, confusion, uh, don't do it, rationalization, whatever you want to say, when the second wave comes, if you've already obeyed the first wave, the second wave doesn't come. Number one. Number two, if you do what you're asked the first time, even if the second wave does come, your ability to think through it with clarity and to dismiss it increases, ladies and gentlemen. And let me give you a quick example of the point. Joel also says, get your kids out of the government schools. Amen to that. He's right as rain. Uh, And believe it or not, there is an article from KSL News that I just saw over the weekend that matched this. Utah is going against the trend of Republican states. Embracing gender identity, critical race theory, etc. Um, Utah's doing this. They're embracing these perverted sexual things. They're embracing CRT in classrooms. The parents are a little bit chagrined, but the power of the teachers' unions, etc., is so strong. Um, as Joel wisely points out, you know what? The members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Scott Bradley pointed this out as well, they want to be kind, they want to get along, they want to be gentle, and that's a good trait. But in this case, they're being ran over by those who would pervert our school systems. And sadly, a lot of states are waking up, but Utah is just plunging into it headlong. Uh, This dovetails with Joel Skousen's warning to get out of the government schools, Lowell. It sure does, Sam. Um, He says the the more we try to... Uh, rectify or, you know, our government schools or, you know, to improve things in our government schools, we're, we're, we're only delaying the inevitable and we're, and we're enticing, you know, people to, to stay in the government schools with, with a false hope that things will get better. Well, they won't get better. You know, I mean, try as we might, they're just getting worse and worse over time. There might be one step forward when you get two steps backward, right? I mean, so they will get worse and worse. And, and so, yeah, there are one, one or two families that have left the public school system. They've gone to homeschool or to private school. But we need not just one or two. We need one or 200, you know, in a, in, in a neighborhood to leave the public schools. Uh, he has said for decades to get out of the public schools. And, boy, uh, you know, if, if now, if now is, there's no better time than the present to leave the public schools because they are just going down the drain morally. And um, it's it's a cesspool, and I, I wouldn't even you know he I send my children to, to BYU anymore, Sam. That's how bad uh, things are getting. It's a tragic uh, situation, that's for sure. Pull your kids out while you have the chance, ladies and gentlemen. John and Nisha Whitehead wrote an incredible column. We've talked about this a little bit on the radio, but their detail is is great. Make way for the killer robots. The government is expanding its power to kill. Uh, Lowell, we've mentioned this some. But he highlights in 1980, there were roughly 3,000 SWAT team-style raids in the U.S. By 2014, that has grown to more than 80,000 
squat team raids per year. It might even be more, he says. Lol? Well, yeah, by now I'm sure it exceeds 120,000 is his uh, speculation. Almost every town now has a SWAT team <laughs> nowadays. And they're increasingly being deployed for routine police matters. For example, uh, police in both Baltimore and Dallas have used SWAT teams to bust up poker games. <laughs> poker games. A Connecticut SWAT team swarmed a bar suspected of serving alcohol to underage individuals. How's that for an example? How about in Arizona, a SWAT team was used to break up an alleged cockfighting ring. And in Atlanta, a SWAT team raided a music studio, allegedly out of a concern that it might have been involved in illegal music piracy. Holy cow. A Minnesota SWAT team raided the wrong house in the middle of the night, handcuffed the three young children, held the mother on the floor at gunpoint, shot the family dog, and then forced the handcuffed children to sit next to the carcass of their dead pet and bloody pet for more than an hour while they searched the home. That's your you know, tax dollars at work, folks, right there in Minnesota. In California, a SWAT team drove an armored uh, bearcat into Roger Serrato's yard, surrounded his home with paramilitary troops wearing face masks, threw a fire-starting flashbang grenade into the house, and then, when Serrato appeared at a window unarmed and wearing only his shorts, held him at bay, right there, with rifles. Well, Serrato died of asphyxiation from being trapped in the flame-filled house. Incredibly, the father of four had done nothing wrong. The SWAT team had misidentified him as someone involved in a shooting. You know, I love, I mean, I don't love these examples. Um, they're, they're, they're horrific examples, but I love the way that John and Nisha Whitehead pull together this information and make it available to us in these columns. This one in particular here was posted at ronpaulinstitute.org, and I also think it's at lourockwell.com. But I love the way the Whiteheads, you know, give us real live, concrete examples of the way SWAT teams are being used. Why does he do it? Well, because he's warning us about robotic warrior cops. You know, robots are going to be... And they are literally be... pushing for this in San Francisco and in Oakland, California, right now in the Bay Area. This is not a joke. This is literally occurring. And John and uh, Nisha are totally on this topic, big time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we got to stop it. And it stops by citizens involved at the local level, ladies and gentlemen. Final story before the end of the hour, sensible gun logic uh, for the choir. Terry Sanderson <laughs> emails Lowell, and here's the details, Lowell. Um, Eleven teens die each day because of texting while driving. Well, maybe it's time to raise the age of smartphone ownership to 21, Sam. <laughs> I, these are kind of fun, these bullet points. Uh, if gun control laws actually worked, well, Chicago would be Mayberry, USA. The Second Amendment makes more women equal than the entire feminist movement did. <laughs> Legal gun owners have 300 million guns and probably a trillion rounds of ammo. Seriously, folks, if, if, if we were a problem, if gun owners were a problem, you'd know about it. Um, when JFK was killed, nobody blamed the rifle. The National Rifle Association murders zero people and receives, receives zero dollars from government. Well, Planned Parenthood kills 350,000 babies every year, and they receive 
$500 million in taxes annually, tax dollars. Um, I have no problem with vigorous background checks when it comes to firearms, Terry Anderson says in his email to me. But I do. While we're at, <laughs> while we're at it, he says, let's do the same when it comes to immigration, voter ID, and candidates running for office. <laughs> Yeah, I know you do, Sam. I do, too. Uh, folks keep talking about another civil war. One side knows how to shoot and probably has a trillion rounds. The other side has crying closets, safe spaces, and is confused about which bathroom to use. How do you think that'll work out, folks? And finally, his final point, Sam, these are humorous points, obviously. A man who left 300,000 guns for the Taliban is now lecturing folks on gun control. <laughs> Sam, it basically, he concludes his email in, uh, to me with an invitation to share these gems of common sense. He said, quote, there's more logic and common sense expressed here than probably anything you've seen on the news today, end of quote. Sam? Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And, 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 you know, this is a reality check on the right to keep and bear arms. I like the one about Chicago. Hey, you know what? Chicago would be Mayberry if uh, taking away all the guns were the answers. Uh, and, and in a way, this is tongue-in-cheek. In a way, this is deadly serious. And I commend him uh, for highlighting this and pointing this. Because you know what? In the lame duck session, one of the big issues they might push for is gun control. They might push for a change in our currency. They might push for this you know, marriage act that's, that's so close to passing. Uh, hopefully, they'll run out of time. Probably, they won't. But our prayers are with the republic. Our prayers are with good, honest, wise, moral Americans who stand for and keep their oaths of office. 20 seconds. Final words yours, Lowell. Well, listen to your conscience, folks. That's the big key, the most important part of Joel's presentation. Train your conscience and then get in the habit of following the whisperings of conscience. And also, don't do anything you feel nervous about because that's your conscience telling you, don't do it. Sam? Couldn't have said it better myself. Fantastic work for Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, for Dr. Scott Bradley, FreedomSizingSun.com, and for yours truly. We declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America. you got to get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right, will you? God save the Republic of the United States of America.